The Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I'm Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 22 through 26 of The Dragon Reread. So previously, Varen, uh, and Varen just like threw Egwene and her whole crew under the bus. But on the plus side, the Amaranth Sea gave them a top secret mission. Uh, however, Nynaeve then immediately began telling everyone about the top secret mission, as she does. Uh, again, I, I think that was a bad move bringing in Nynaeve on that, but whatever. Uh, Matt gets, finally gets healed, and he gets a bonus personality upgrade along, along the way. <laughs> he, he learns a foreign language. Uh, Celine then visits Matt in the White Tower, and uh, Varen gives Egwene a really fancy magic dream ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Right. That's, that's about, about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter 22, The Price of the Ring, the icon of the Flame of Tarvalon. As Egwene is coming out of Varen's spot with the ring, Sherium dragoons her and says, it's time for your accepted test. Yeah, they were not kidding about the fast-tracking to accepted. They're like, no, like now. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. tonight. Like, what are we waiting for? She's like, can I go change clothes? No. No. <laughs> You're going to be naked. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need clothes. Where we're going, we don't need clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I wanted to point out also that uh, there was some remote fish talk through Sherium. She quoted the Amarlin seat. Mm-hmm. She's talking about fish. <laughs> That's right. Even when the Amarlin seat isn't there, the fish talk. She's spreads. there in spirit. Her exact words were, once you decide to gut a fish, there's no use waiting till it rots. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that quote, Sherriam. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Can I say, I'm a little frustrated that Nynaeve did not share with them, like, the whole process that goes through be- being raised to accepted. Yeah. They, well, it's like, the, it's like their cult thing, right? You can't talk about what you did in the Three Rings. I don't know. It's it, it's. Is Are they supposed to not talk about yeah, it? Yeah, it's it's a thing. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought it was No just... woman is supposed to talk about what she saw. And one of the things that, the, the, that Sherryam says at the beginning is, you, you'll, no woman hears these words until you stand in the spot. You know, it's like, oh. Oh, thing. yeah. I thought it was just because it was so emotionally scarring that they never talk about it. It's, it's. I mean, that seems to be the case as well. But I, but I get the impression they're not supposed to talk about it. But Egwene does mention that she knows some basic stuff about it because it's taught in the classes. It's like, yeah, this is the 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 rite of passage. But it does seem to be somewhat secret. So they go to the Terra Angriel Arches, where uh, Elida is uh, one of the Aes Sedai running it, and Elida is a dick. Yeah, she's super <laughs> dick. So we have probably uh, dark dark Aja, black Aja, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it seems. Too obvious, but that's what I said about Leandrin. <laughs> right? Yeah. I was like, no way. No way Leandrin's Black Aja, because come on. But no, yeah. totally Black Aja. So Egwene goes into the arches to have her accepted test. So we get to see what Egwene's worst fear or most tempting alternative life It's supposed is. to be facing your fears, but they... It's a diff, it's difficult to interpret what the fear is exactly. it's more like you have to choose... The path of the Aes Sedai over everything else that you could do. Yeah, that's Let's, the way I interpret it, not as a fear. Well, they, they say that it's a fear thing, but I, you're absolutely right. Now, I remember one of Nynaeve's was she was having like a really happy life with Lan, and then it was like, <laughs> uh, you can stay in this really happy life, or you can go back to being Aes Sedai. You can go back to being angry at everybody all the time. Yeah, well, she picked. She went for the rage. Yeah. yeah. So, in Egwene's first test, Egwene is uh, married to Rand. And uh, Rand is going crazy. We know why. Because he's, you know, a channeler. He has crazy headaches. This is kind of weird, right? So I think it's kind of weird that these dream or whatever, these alternate worlds, are so tainted with reality. Because, like, if this wanted to be a really enticing thing for Egwene, 
Rand would not have the the taint, right? He'd he'd be like, right? They would just be happy. Yeah, like that would that would be way more tempting. But it's like instead, it's, it's a horror thing. That is what it is. But I think it's choosing from the possible worlds. And since Rand is so important, there is no possible world where he can't channel. That's the way I I read it. So that makes sense. So it's not actually just a, a world that's created. It's more just like this is a, a possible yeah. alternate track. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but there are some things that are. Some things that are variable and some things that are constant. Like Especially the Dark for... One is constant and Rand being the dragon is constant. And the Shan Chan, I think, are also in this world. They're, mm-hmm. they're yeah. about Shan yeah. Chan. Um, Which I found really compelling, this idea, because we got this firsthand ex- experience through these characters about the Shan Chan. But then you have when Egwene goes into this whatever alternative world, um, talking about how it's something that seems very far removed from them, which... I thought it was kind of captivating in a way. It's interesting because we, we get a little bit of that early on in the first book when they're all in the in the town. They're talking about the wars that are going on outside mm-hmm. and they're hearing about it much later. So it, it, it totally it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're so far removed from the rest of the world that even these horrible, like, huge world-changing events, they kind of trickle down. They don't hear much. Yeah. yeah. But even though it's it's picking alternate worlds that it knows Egwene will will find difficulty in leaving. Yes. Yeah. That's the so, idea, yeah. I suppose. But, yeah, I mean, that's the idea. But at the same time, I totally get the impression this world is doomed that she should get the fuck out, right? I mean, she should bail. <laughs> right, yeah. <clears throat> theoretically, all these other worlds, actually, are worlds where Rand didn't save the world. That's right. right. Or hasn't done it yet. And, the, I mean, like, and if that does, that's not the case. The Sean Chan are going to, like, sweep in, or the Dark One eventually is going to, I mean, like... None of these worlds is going to yeah. last so very is, long. Is mm-hmm. the world they're in the only world where Rand saves the world? Which I assume he does at the end of these books. I don't know. It doesn't matter, right? As we learned in the previous chapters, as long as the Dark One is defeated in one world, he's defeated in all the worlds. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's Good true. point. Yeah. Doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Look, there's like weaving and then there's like... What are the... the the wheel weaves of the wheel wills? No, they're saying that there's the the actual the lines of the thing, and then there's the the oh, cross. The, the, the warp and the weft. The warp and the weft. The Thank warp you, and the yeah. weft. Yeah. The web of the weaver wheels. <laughs> exactly. Wheels. Weaves. Weaver weaves. Wells. Wells. Wields the are, web. Are, are you having a stroke? <laughs> Do you smell toast? <laughs> so Rand desperately needs her help because he's got horrible headaches, and she can't help him because she got to go. And I feel like this goes back to something, um, this test that they have to do goes back to a common theme, I guess, for lack of a better word, that we get in Robert Jordan's books, where, what is it, death is lighter than a mountain, duty heavier than a feather, whatever. Death is is heavier. Death is lighter than a feather, feather, duty is heavier than a mountain. Yeah, Yeah. because I think this is, these are always, um, these different alternatives that they see. I think it's always going back to this idea of, well, why are you not there fighting against this evil that's coming? It's almost like, why would you be so selfish as to stay in this one world? Um, in this mm-hmm. world where you are you have domestic bliss, but there's all these awful things right. happening out there. Because yeah, that definitely, yeah. leaving everybody else. You know, yeah. Sherry says something that, like, exactly to that effect. She says something like, uh, I hope that the people who, she says, you know, the people, there's some think that the people who don't come out of this, uh, these arches... They stay there because they found something happier. And she said, I hope that they they find a life that has no happiness because they're essentially, like, giving up on their duty and mm-hmm. they don't deserve happiness. You know, it's kind of, it's a little yeah. harsh, but, you know. It's pretty hardcore. Uh, By the way, yeah, Egwene should definitely bail in this world. It's going to be, like, yeah, fucked up. It's going to go bad. Soon. Yeah, so yeah. get the hell out. So then she goes into the next arch, 
Uh, and it's still all about Rand, because everything's all about Rand. Yeah, right? But this is this is kind of cool, actually. She's in Camelin, right? And, yeah. And it's being destroyed by Trollocs and, and Myrdal and whatnot. And Rand is there, and he's trapped under a beam. And what he... Egwene can't free him, and the choice is to, like, kill him or... No, the choice just is just him. to leave him. Leave yeah. him like, asking him, yeah. her to kill him, because he tells her... A group of 13 channelers can turn you to the Dark One. Mm-hmm. Which is new information, I think, as far as yeah. we've heard that before. We haven't dealt with that it's yet. It's 13, cha- 13 channelers and 13 Myrdral, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 13 is exactly the number of channelers that left with with, uh, with Leandrin. Right, exactly. It must so, be a coincidence. Yeah, probably not important. <laughs> probably not a big deal. Yeah, which is, that's pretty dark. Yeah. She can't yeah. help him and she can't, she doesn't have time to kill him or whatever to, to save him. She just has to leave him there, so... That's a world that sucks for Rand. Well, and again, this is a totally shit world, and she's right to get the fuck out, right? I mean, get the fuck out. I don't mm. see what the appeal would be in staying there. Yeah, she Help her Rand. choice is to kill to kill Rand. Well, kill him. That's helping him in this scenario. Sure. I mean, I feel like she could have killed him and then then left, but you know, whatever. I feel like she had time, but you know, it's if you've never stabbed your lover in the throat before, <laughs> it could take some time to work up to it. Look, Look. My, my wife and I have practices where we stab each other in the throat just to make sure that we're prepared for that moment. Wow. That's smart. Yeah. yeah. Forewarned is forearmed. It's all about preparedness. <laughs> so as she gets out of there, um, Sherium confirms that that is true, the 13 channeler thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, let's not talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, 13 of those people left. And we learned in this little vignette what a Dreadlord is. which It's a dark friend that can channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's uh, not exactly what I pictured. Yeah? What did you picture? I don't know. It's like some guy in like d- huge demon armor or something, you know? Like, oh, like a badass dude. Like, like a badass knight with like crazy armor. Like and Metal like, drummer. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but a Dreadlord is just like... Any, like the, the Black Aja are not Dreadlords. Or are they? I mean, I, think, I guess well, the Black Aja guess is... I guess because they're of, undercover. I, I guess Dreadlords are people that openly... They ride with the Myrdral, and they, they work for the Dark One. So does that mean the 13 women who left the White Tower are all, now all Dreadlords? Is that, is that like, a I thing? Guess so. Dread ladies? But not the Forsaken. <laughs> the Forsaken aren't Dreadlords, right? Because that's different. Yes, that, that's different. The Forsaken are the... Well, I, I think they are Dreadlords, but they're the top Dreadlords, so you just call them the Forsaken. So how many, dread, how many like, Chandlers did the Dark One have if he had, like, all these... He had... 13... Was it 13 total, right? Yeah, it's 13 Forsaken. total for, Forsaken, and then, like, a bunch of, like unnamed other channeler yeah armies of them you know yeah they, that's they, what they said yeah yeah so a whole bunch that's what they had in the trolloc wars a whole bunch of channelers yes yeah. of course they were right some dark friends are going to be able to channel that's true it seems strange to me that there were so many yeah so she heads into uh scenario three and in this one Egwene is the amarlin seat hell nice. yeah now that's worth sticking around for yeah and rand is captured by the Aes Sedai. And this, this one's really long. She declines to gentle Rand because she kind of is surprised by the situation. So she gets overthrown by Elida. And then she's immediately thrown into that scenario where 13 Black Aja people are trying to turn her to the Dark One. Mm-hmm. There's some interesting stuff that, uh, that Egwene mentions here. And I'm wondering if it's like foreshadowing to future events. She talks about something called the Great Purge. And like she makes all yeah. these like kind of off... T- her memories are obviously hazy because she didn't actually live in this world, but she has, like, flashes of things that happened. And she talks about things like the Great Purge, which sounds like they yeah. killed a bunch of uh, Aes Sedai or something. Yeah, maybe a bunch of Black Aja. 
Hopefully, I said I. Well, she was surprised that there are thirteen of them left because of the Great Purge. But there sure are, and they've. Uh... And she, she, she fights her way out uh, with the helpful advantage that she never swore the oath not to use the one power as a weapon. Again, mm-hmm. like is this is this foreshadowing that? Yeah, is that going to happen? Wow! So she just frags everybody. Yeah. And she, she talks about Balefire too. She does talk about Balefire without even really knowing what it is, but this is. This is interesting. How close is this scene to something that's going to happen in the future of these books? It seems yeah. plausible. Yeah. Very interesting. I. It seems very likely to me, having read this now, that Iguane is eventually going to be the Amarlin seat. Yep. I, it seems I, like something that that Robert Jordan would do. I think so, too. You think it's her, not Nynaeve? Because Nynaeve seems like she's a stronger channeler, even though she can only do it when she's angry. She is a stronger channeler, but she hates the Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's very unpleasant. I she's think there's a maverick. some kind of voting going on. Mm-hmm. Like there's an election system here. Yeah. Yeah, she's a maverick, and mavericks don't win elections. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also find out that in this world, Egwene is Green Aja. That's right, yeah. Green yeah. Aja. I wonder if she's going to choose Green Aja. And Green Aja is the battle Aja. Yeah. yeah also the one where, that gets to bang dudes. Yeah. It's, I mean, they can all bang dudes. The greens are just better at it. <laughs> <laughs> but the battle Aja does sound pretty badass. If I were going to join the, you know, the Aes Sedai, I'd definitely be a green Aja. A warrior like on the streets and a and a badass in the sheets? Yeah. Both. <laughs> <laughs> warrior in the streets, warrior in the sheets. A yeah. badass in the streets and a good ass in the sheets? Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, oh, what would I be if I was if I was brown Aja? Yeah. Brown Aja, really? Or blue. Brown or blue, I think. Remember I don't know. what the blue do again? They're, they're like... Um, I thought they were the They're the movers and the shakers. They're like noble causes. They get involved in politics. Yeah. Oh. They're the ones that leave the tower the most. Oh, right? that's boring. Yeah. Well, well it's like I mean, Moraine. That's what Moraine is. She's yeah. out there doing the stuff. Yeah, the the uh, the Red Aja, they're the ones who hate men, but it's also... They're also yeah. the... They had a different purpose before the men uh, were tainted, but I forget what it is. But now, yeah, that's their purpose. Yeah, they find men who have, who can channel. Yeah, I think but I, before they, the Ajas existed before the breaking of the world, oh. so they, they there was something else they did. Yeah, it, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. And the white are the super logical ones, but they're not the ones who pursue knowledge like the brown do. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're like philosophers or I, they just. I think it's more a philosopher thing. It sounds like I think their devotion is to truth. You know, that's the mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, reason, pure reason. And then there's the healing. Yellow is the healing Aja, right? Is it yellow? Aja yeah, is yellow is the healing Aja, and gray is the is actually the negotiation and and strategy Aja. Oh, I see. We haven't met any gray Aja, I don't think. No, because it sounds really boring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is really annoying because in the um, in the glossary they tell us what some of the Ajas are, but not all of them. Well, it's not super relevant to a lot of the story because they we, they're never around, right? Yeah, but I mean, how much stuff do we get that's not entirely relevant to the story? <laughs> that's that's, that's totally fair. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the internet has lots of oh yeah documentation about it. Yeah, there's a really good wiki about this stuff. Oh, okay. If you want to spoil it. Well, okay. Well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, anyway, the Egwene story is that she escapes and she's about to rescue Rand. And they have a really nasty Black Aja infestation. Yeah, the the... All sorts of black Aja. Yeah. But before she can rescue Rand, she has to run away. Time to go. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and again, this world is kind of like... I mean, it's great that she's the Amarlin seat, but it sounds like she's not the Amarlin seat very long. So, pretty mm-hmm. easy to bail. Well, she's about to kill all those people. Well... they can't use the one power as a weapon. <laughs> the, well... Uh, I guess the black Aja can, but black the, Aja yeah. can. the rest of them can't. And there's at least 13 black Aja there. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. I... You know, I, I kind of like these little stories. I like the foreshadowing... 
but it was annoying to me that her decision is always whether she helps Rand or not. I completely agree. Like every yeah. like, I, mean, I it, thought she was. We we learned like two books ago that she's over Rand. You know, well, she's chosen her job over this guy. Well, the thing is, they're tied together, and I don't think it's a love thing. Despite the first Tarangriel she mm-hmm. went through, it's. I mean, he is the dragon. Like, that's huge. And yeah, if she's the Amarlin seat. Her she's tied to him. Like, there's mm-hmm. no way. Mm-hmm. That she isn't, so I don't think it's yeah. That's what I, I think it is. But I, I I think you're right, and it's and we you could probably say that it's oh he's Tavarin, so therefore even like in all these worlds he's pulling patterns to himself. But at the same time, I do find it a little irritating because at least Nynaeve got you know one thing that wasn't land, right? Yeah, <laughs> she, she had, did. Yeah, yeah, she had the her vengeance thing. But mm-hmm. Egwene's all three were love, Rand or leave, essentially. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like, but it's interesting, though, because it says that the the archway thins to transparency, grew solid again, and she can actually hear what I'm assuming are the Aes Sedai who are back in the real world um, saying, we can't hold it for much longer. Hold, hold, burn your all, gut you all like sturgeons, which I'm assuming is a <laughs> swan. Who could that be? <laughs> yeah, going wild, mother, we can't. And then she goes through. Yeah, something's yeah. going wrong with the, It's. it seems pretty clear something's going wrong with the Tarong Growl. I thought it was that because she's trying so hard to accomplish something that's why that's what's making it screwed up Nynaeve had a weird one like that too where like she stuck around too long and then she just sort of used the power to get out yeah and they were like you shouldn't be able to do that and she's like I don't care yeah (laughs) (laughs) then wait hold on didn't they also say that Nynaeve wasn't supposed to channel wasn't supposed to be able to channel at all or even remember that she was able to do it but Egwene was totally just about to channel right that's a weird thing I see I think when they said that what they were meaning was these are alternate paths to becoming an Aes Sedai, so you don't channel in them. Because being an Aes Sedai is, is how you learn to channel. Yeah. Well, this in this one, Egwene's the Emerald here, right? Yeah, she totally channels all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Only for Nynaeve. <laughs> they, they didn't give Egwene that instruction, that's for sure. That's true. Well, this may be a literary inconsistency. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, my. So, chapter 23, Sealed. With a icon of the Wheel of Time. So, Egwene steps out, and the Terra Angriel has gone crazy. I, I want to point out real quick, coming back to my point, the first thing she says, is that all there is to me? To abandon him again and again? To betray him? Fail him again and again? Is that there, what there is for me? See, even she thinks it's bullshit. That <laughs> she, all her tests are about random. <laughs> <Really? laughs> that's it? That's yeah. all you got? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's not the way she meant it, but still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, something has happened. The Terra Angriel is, is acting up. Yeah. They're... It's, they're barely able to control it, and they've been holding on to try and give her time to get out of there. Yeah, because at the beginning, uh, one of the Aes Sedai, Alana, had said that something was a little weird. She said, I, I felt a buzz, or it sounded like a, oh, a, a, yeah. a bug yeah. in my ear kind of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but Egwene is accepted now. She did it. Nice uh, work. is still being a dick to her, but she's accepted. That's and, great. And you know what Elida calls her? She calls her Wilder. Whoa. Again, yeah. You can't Whoa. Say that. Yeah. yeah. Again, this is like the, that is their word. the Aes Sedai version of Mudblood. So she's just like <laughs> dropping those. She's not those even slurs. really a Wilder, though. She didn't channel on her own until Moraine found her. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you're not supposed to channel until you're at the tower, right? The yeah. fact that Moraine did it, I think, is considered. But that's how they find these people, right? They're out, all out there channeling. So here's a question If these Terangriol are freaking out, that means that no women would be able to be right, raised to be full Aes Sedai, right? Mm-mm. Wait, what do you mean? Like if it breaks? Well, yeah, because I'm wondering because <clears throat> I'm wondering if the Black Aja are there trying to um, sabotage 
the terangrial so that they oh. can't make more Aes Sedai or Maybe. Not. I think it has to do with the ring that, that Egwene has in her okay, pockets. Okay, the dream ring or whatever. Yeah, I think there's some kind of connection between the dream ring and what this terangrial does yeah. and cause this feedback. Either Sheriam or Alana says something along, along the lines of, the only time I've seen something like this happen is when, it, it wasn't this, it was a different terangrial interacted with another Terangrel and then ended up I think, killing someone or making someone unable to channel. But she wasn't oh, even melted. wearing it. She wasn't, but it was in the pile of clothes in the same room. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was under her under her stuff yeah. Yeah. nearby. So, so the world of dreams is related to these things? Somehow? It sounds like, yeah. Interesting. Terangrel so, synergy, I guess. <laughs> they talk about it a bit, and we get some info about the green Aja from Alana. Which is, uh, we talked about it already a second ago, but the Green Aja is the Battle Aja. Yeah. yeah. The Green's like turned, starting to scout Aja already. Yeah, yeah right? Which which graduate school am I going to? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Alana really, really wants to get spanked. Right? Yeah. Did, okay. <laughs> I, I'm this, glad I'm not like, the only one who thought that was weird. This whole thing where she's like, are you sure you don't want to spank me? And she's and Sherry Am's like, no, I, I shouldn't spank you. You're, you're a full Aes Sedai. She's yeah. like, He's like, come on. Come on. You know, you can do it. Yeah. Just, I just want to hang out with the, the girls and get spanked. <laughs> no, I, I deserve it. I've been real naughty. <laughs> super naughty. Well, really, she's trying to get close to Egwene for some reason. It sounds like, yeah. Yeah. Black Aja. They're all Black Aja. Well, and, and you know, it's it's interesting because Egwene's, we get a little bit of her internal, internal monologue and she's starting to get really paranoid, which she should be, right? I mean, yeah. it's... There's like a 90% chance that there's still some Black Aja floating around, and there's no way to tell who they are. So it's just like, yeah, anyone could be Black Aja. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Sherry Am's Black Aja. I think Elida's Black Aja. Pretty sure Alana's Black Aja. Pretty sure the Armalene Seat's Black Aja. Black Aja. <laughs> Varen, too. I think th- I'm pretty sure there's more uh, Black Aja than not. What about Liane? Which one's Liane? The Keeper. The Keeper. Definitely not. She's like the only, she's probably the only she's one. She's the one? Yeah. <laughs> not Black Aja. Black Aja would not hit on young lads that way. That's right. <laughs> So yeah, uh, back to Nynaeve's room, where Egwene prepares to have herself with a nice cry with Elaine. Yeah, which, to be fair, I mean, they I, we don't know anything about what Elaine's experience was, but I'm sure it was also also pretty awful. Yeah, I was disappointed, because that would have been pretty cool. I would like to have seen her as queen of Andor. And... I guess she's not officially one of the team yet, where we, we find out her inner thoughts. Yeah. yeah we've never had an Elaine was. chapter, right? Mm-mm. No, no. She, she's been on, she's been going through all the same stuff that they are for the last book. Yeah. Oh, and of course, Nynaeve, uh, at the close of the chapter, Nynaeve is plotting vengeance. <laughs> One day we will make them pay our price. Hush, hush. It's like, I imagine she says it. Like, come on. This, like that? Yeah. This is the test. Like, <laughs> Hush, hush. <laughs> Nynaeve. One day we will make them pay our price. That's Nynaeve's voice. Uh, <laughs> so chapter 24, Scouting and Discoveries. The icon of the dice, because it's a match chapter. <laughs> oh yeah, he loves his dice. <laughs> so uh, I don't, I don't, I don't remember if I talked about this last time. But okay, if he's like really good at dice, then and he's like all, always cheating, right? So does that mean he's just like stealing from people every time he's gambling? Well, he's he's not stealing, right? Actually cheating, right? No, he's not. The, the rules are he rolls the dice, and whatever the dice say, that's the person that wins, right? He's yeah, doing that. But the, but his he knows that he's going to win every time, right? It's true, but if if somebody takes a bad bet, you're not cheating if you take the other end of that bet, right? Yeah. I guess. Even I don't if know. They, even if you know something, they don't, right? I guess. It it just feels like, well, no, you're probably right. He's, he's operating, maybe gambling in itself, in and of itself, is something I don't necessarily, like, go in for. But it seems to me, like, a little bit shitty that he's going around, like, basically bilking all of these, like, 
random poor people for their money. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, don't worry, I'll just use my dice to get their money. <laughs> well, the way gambling works, right, is that it's it's not really a game of skill. It's just you're dicing and assuming that you're one-on-one and there's no skill involved, it's going to be a 50-50 thing. Yeah. That's why people like gambling. If someone was using weighted dice, for example, people would be upset about that, right? But he's not. His 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 magic is weighted dice, right? I mean, describe for me what the gambling game is, and he meets all of those qualifications. It's not gambling, right? For him, it's not gambling. Well, he loses sometimes. He doesn't always win. Wait, when does he lose? He some he, when he dices, he, he just doesn't always win. He loses sometimes. He doesn't like roll all sixes every time. Okay. For some reason, I thought that was the case. He just he wins more than he loses. I see. Which, as you know, will if well, you win more than you lose, then you would just gamble a whole lot and make an infinite amount of money. Or you run a casino. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, the casinos explicitly uh, set up the odds in their favor, right? Sure. There's no secret to it, right? You know right. you're going to lose when you go to a casino. Right. Yeah. But he's also unless you like, win. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't. These people are gambling, right? They're gambling their money away. No, you're right. So Matching you think evidence. it's unethical what he's doing? I think it's unethical. But, okay, if he can lose, I suppose it's okay a little bit. But yeah, I do think it's... I still think it's unethical. I think it'd be one thing if he were gambling against the rich. But if he's just, like, gambling against, like, random workers and taking their money... It's, yeah, it's, I mean, he's he is starting with, like, a pocket change, you know? He's yeah. going to gamble against other people who can only gamble pocket change, it, and he's going to take their money. It's kind of like doping in sports to me. Like, you can have a natural mm. ability, but I think he has a, an unfair advantage. I think so, too. Mm, interesting. So, uh, what about, like, a poker game where there's a, a significant luck element, but also a skill element, and there are some people that win over time? So, in, in games like that, people go in knowing that information, right? Well, nobody, nobody, go- nobody thinks they're going to lose. No, but they also know that it's that there's an element of luck and there's an element of skill, and everyone assumes that everyone's playing by the same rules, essentially. Mm-hmm. Matt's playing by different rules than everyone else is aware, right? Mm-hmm. If he walks in and says, look, guys, I'm going to win more than I lose, mm-hmm. some people might still say, okay, sure, whatever. But most people would probably be like, yeah. oh, I'm not going to play this. Well, game. I would say, yeah, I, you've convinced me that it's a bit unethical. But also, his luck is not always good. His luck is just always extreme. So sometimes, like, crazy bad things happen to him. Yeah, as we'll find as out later. Of his luck. Yeah, we don't don't want to spoil anything for sure. But yeah, you're right. You're right. It's not always in his favor. <laughs> so speaking of, Matt's still in the recovery room. He gets up, eats a lot. Lo- eats a lot of ham. Come <laughs> on. I wish going to the hospital was like this, where you they just like do the work and then you just gorge and just eat lots and lots of ham. <laughs> Honestly, actually, ham the, roast what he's describing sounds awesome to me. You know, yeah. I wish it were good for me to eat as much as I could eat. <laughs> yeah. Because that'd be great. Yeah. Sign me up. But he goes out to try and find himself a way out. Yeah, he's doing a little bit of recon. Yeah, he super subtly uh, chats up some guardsmen. <laughs> hey guys, how's the how's the traveling on the other side of the bridge? Yeah, no reason. And they're like, I know exactly who you are, kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, we're, you're not going across the bridge. He's like, shit. Yeah, <laughs> smooth. Well, uh, see you later, guys. And Matt just doesn't seem smooth in any way. No, no. And he's really trying. Even if this guard wasn't warned about him, he'd be like, why is this kid talking to me about the yeah, bridge? Yeah, he's like hanging out with the guards and they're like looking at him like, who the fuck is this guy hanging out? Like the weather on the other side of the bridge? Why don't you use your eyes and look? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a little silly. And then, of course, he's he runs into Else. Yeah. Uh, and Elsie avoids him like the plague. Yeah, he's double strikes out. <laughs> yeah, she's like, get away from me. <laughs> he's like, hey, Elsie, how's it going? She's like, no. 
Yeah, and and he was like, he was thinking like, I know she's got an eye for the boys. Yeah, she's a slut. <laughs> That's kind of like, yeah. He's... I mean, she would have chopped his wood, you know, back at that farm. <laughs> Ew. But uh, yeah, so he knows now. He knows that he's restricted to the island for real, but yeah. they weren't lying to him. Mm-hmm. And I guess his game is gone. Yep. Lost so his he, game. Getting a little tired from his perambulations, he finds some, a bunch of warders training. And specifically, he finds Gawain and Galad fighting each other in, a, in the training ring. And a whole bunch of women just, like, perving the shit out of him. Yeah. It's so hell? creepy. What the hell? Yeah, oh, my God. A, a bunch of Aes Sedai, a bunch of Accepted, just, like, hanging out, watching them train. Really? Just it's watching spe- Galad. Yeah, specifically Galad. Like, I, I can't... Okay, so for me, the epitome of male gorgeousness would be something like... Um, Tommy Wiseau? Yeah, Tommy so he's so so hot. Yeah, <laughs> both of them together at the same time. No, oh my god, oh, the Australian Thor, Thor, Chris oh, Hemsworth. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth is a gorgeous man, but like I can't imagine hanging around just to watch him fight. That's okay, weird. If Chris okay. Hemsworth his, his were... shirts off, yeah. yeah, glistening with sweat. Uh huh. That's just great. He's like chopping wood. Like he's, he's like chopping shower. some wood, and he's like looking at you, and like I don't know. Jerking off or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, women love it when guys do that. You know, I have only once in my life chopped wood, but I felt at the time that mingling that with the activity of jerking off would be a massive mistake. <laughs> That's fair. That's a fair point. <laughs> but no, to to your point, like it's a little. It's no matter how you, no matter how you you slant it, it's really creepy that these women are. Hanging around watching Galad train. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Dumb. Yeah, and it's 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 made clear in the book that it's unusual too. They don't just watch the warders all the time. They're watching this kid. Yeah, and he's a kid, right? He's he's what, the age, he's like in his twenties. He's Nynaeve's age, I believe they said. Oh, okay, yeah. so he's a little bit he's older, older, but he's man. still pretty young. Like mm-hmm. he's he's a, he's an adult. He's very young. Yeah, adult. those eyes that I are probably like a hundred years old. <laughs> yeah, right. they've yeah. seen a lot of hot guys. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Send them to hello at thedragonreread.com. We'll also take pictures of you chopping wood. <laughs> wait, wait. We mean literally chopping wood. We don't mean... Well, yes, way, not, not the other scenario. No, yeah, not no, the other no, no, no. Dick pics. Women love it when guys send dick pics. Uh, well, women are checking that email address. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so send all your, to send all your dick pics to Jeff. Send all your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better keep that in. <laughs> Dickpicksforjeff.com. Yeah, probably. It's like freecreditreport.com. <laughs> Dickpicksforjeff.com. If it's not, it's going to be. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's creepy. They're all watching Glad. Even Gawain is supposed to be a handsome dude, but Glad is just. Magical. Yeah. Yeah. Magically handsome. But also, yeah, these women could be as much as 300 years old. Yeah. They're super pervy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's really weird. Yeah. And uh, speaking of weird, uh, they walk over to talk to Matt and, and sort of get some info about Egwene and Rand, because they know Matt, and Matt challenges them to a duel. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to school some royals. And this is this was really weird to me, but I think it's intentional, because it just sort of happens. Matt doesn't think about it at all. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I bet I could beat you. Even though he's like, he's never really fought anybody one-on-one before. And 
Well, I guess he has. That's we learned well, a little bit about him. But yeah, but, but it does also, seem it does super. It seems like super out of left yeah, field. The reason he's sitting there is because he feels weak from walking because he's been so ill. Yeah. Right. Like but, he's not at his best, and then like he's fighting two dudes with swords. I mean, they're fake swords, but still two dudes with swords. And I would assume he hasn't actually fought sword fighters with his staff before. Like, yeah, I mean, he, he goes into a little bit about how his, his dad used to win the quarterstaff contest at the holidays back in Emmons Field. Sure. I thought he was challenge I thought he was channeling that weird old blood Manetherin whatever. I think that's what it is. I think But but, but it's I think, true. Well, like yeah. Matt's Matt's person Matt has a different personality now. Yeah. Like yeah. I said personality upgrade came with his game. Yeah, he didn't even think about it. It was just a reflex. Like I bet I could beat you guys. Yep. And they're like, no, 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 that's a really bad idea. We don't want to take your money. And he's like, oh, I'm going to take your money. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and their their trainer, whose name is Hamar Gaiden. Yes. I think Gaiden is a title. It's a title, yeah. His name is Hamar. Hamar. I mean, it's just Hammer. <laughs> yeah. That's it's, pretty badass. It's Hammer. He's a big boulder of a man named Hammer. Yeah. And uh, they, have a, they have a fight. The trainer... Comes along and says, "Well, yeah, you, you're going to do it then. I'll, I'll, I'll stake the money if they're not willing to risk their money against you." And so they have themselves a fight. Yeah. And Matt beats the crap out of them. Yeah, he nearly kills Gal- Gal- Galad. He right? Does. He, yeah. He has to be healed by the Aes Sedai. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the Aes Sedai were happy to do it. Yeah, they were. Like they're like, oh, let me put my hands on you. This fight right. scene was really cool. I love, you know? yeah, I love his fight scenes. I mean, he always Robert Jordan always does great description. Yeah. Of action. Yeah, I like it. I just like. They're coming at him one at a time, and he's using the reach of the quarterstaff to get them, and he's using both ends, so he's like it, it whips out of them really fast, and they probably don't know how to fight a guy with a quarterstaff. That's mm-hmm. right. And he apparently does know how to fight anybody. Yeah. yeah. And he just beats the shit out of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then Hammer Guy then tells a very appropriate story to this situation where he's like, so and so was the best sword fighter that ever lived, and he only lost once. To a farmer with a quarterstaff. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I first read this, like, this, this is one of the parts of the of the books that stands out in my mind from when I read them the first time. Yeah. I was really taken with the story for whatever reason. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think I actually, like, had a piece of wood that I would swing around or whatever. Because oh. I was like, yeah, bow staff. That's cool. That's adorable. Yeah. I was really taken with that story when I read these the first time. <laughs> yeah. The Farmer and the Blade Master. So here's another thing, though. If Goliath is that handsome... Don't you think a bunch of the guys would be totally gay balls for him, too? If he's that handsome. That's a good point. Although... Uh, Matt does say that he's almost pretty. <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> Matt's so. like, yeah, you know, I would. Yeah. <laughs> but come on. Come on. Well, I... Uh, you? This... Gay for this day. <laughs> In Tarvalon. <laughs> this may be a, a limitation of Robert Jordan's writing. I don't think there are any gay characters. Mm. I don't think we've come across any so far. Yeah. Uh, not even any that seemed closeted or, or socially straight. <laughs> right, right. I mean, this was written in the 90s when there weren't any gay people, though. That's true. That's before Obama invented gay people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway, this is really cool. Uh, yeah, he beats the crap out of he of Gawain and Galad. He hits Gawain so hard that there's blood on his head. Uh, he gets He hits Galad so hard that he can't get back up. Yeah, and, and he almost kill him. yeah he almost gets him in the throat. He's yeah, like, he's, yeah, he almost crushes his larynx. Yeah, uh, but the yeah the all the Aes Sedai swarm around Galad, and he's like, like he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's very predatory, but it also fits into our Robert Jordan theme of predatory women being hilarious. Yes, yeah, that's right. It's really funny when older women you know creep on younger men. And uh, 
he speaks the old tongue. He says, time to toss the dice. And they're like, why are you speaking the old tongue? And he's like, damn it. <laughs> Stop that. And they're like, where are you from, lad? Manethrin. I mean, uh, I'm from Two Rivers. Yeah, Two Rivers. Sorry, I've been listening to too many stories. Silky smooth, Matt. <laughs> and Matt decides to go back to the tower after his little adventure. Uh, it really felt like a video game to me. Like, he's going around talking to these different people, gathering information. Is. Yeah, he can't get off the island because the designers won't let him off the island. <laughs> yeah. So he's... he's Checking out all the dialogue trees of all the NPCs. Yeah, there's the Thank guard you for being NPC. Able to say that for me. Yeah. <laughs> there's the guard NPC who won't let you let you cross the bridge until you've done whatever you're supposed to do on Stupid Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, chapter twenty-five. Questions with the icon of the moon and stars. Is this new? Yeah. We've seen this once before. Did okay. We? I think. Not that I remember. Oh wait, no! I literally just passed it in the book. I think it's, a, it's I think it was a new edition. It last happened time. in that chapter when Matt spoke to the most beautiful woman he's ever seen. Gotcha. But so did she smell good? I think I think she smelled spicy. She did. <laughs> spicy. <laughs> uh, so remember, is... next to her, all women are <laughs> clumsy and ill-shapen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just lumps. Yeah, just lumpy potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this must be the symbol for Celine. Yeah. I believe it is. Yeah, she's daughter of the moon, Lanfear. Oh. If, if indeed Celine is Lanfear, yeah, we can't say for yeah, sure. Who knows? <laughs> oh no, she could just be a really nice woman who studied in Kyrian. Kyrian, she's a librarian in Kyrian. <laughs> yeah. so, a librarian. Oh, the Kyrian and librarian. Yes, uh, librarian. That's what they call him in Kyrian. I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> so Egwene has been dreaming with a capital D. And uh, we get a little bit, little rundown of the things she saw. I actually like the. I think this, these are kind of fun because it it reminds me a little bit of Min's visions. They're like these little snippets that you can kind of try and interpret what she's like, whether these things are real, whether these things are like prophetic. I, I think it's kind of fun. Mm. Yeah, we keep seeing Perrin <clears throat> with birds. Perrin with a falcon on his shoulder, and Perrin with a hawk. Only the hawk held a leash in her talons. Egwene was somehow convinced both hawk and falcon were female. And the hawk was trying to fasten it around Perrin's neck. Yep. And Perrin with a beard of all things. Oh. With a beard. Feeding a pack of wolves. <laughs> ah. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. It's super creepy, too. Matt placing his own left eye on a balance scale. Matt hanging by his neck from a tree limb. Mm. Yeah. Remember yeah. I was talking about bad things happen to Matt because of his luck. <laughs> oh, yep. all right. Yeah. Isn't that an Odin thing? Hanging from a tree, losing uh, your eye? It was yeah. a spear, wasn't it? No, no, yeah, he was hung from a tree. and There's a, well, spoilers. Okay. But yes, that, that is very Odinic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That does that's, that's, uh, the stuff that Egwene sees about Matt. So, Egwene and Nynaeve and Elaine are studying the Black Aja list. And they're going over it over and over again, and it's kind of useless. Yeah. Just I, the names. I actually find this this a little annoying, because Elaine's like trying to make a point, and Nynaeve's just like... Oh, come on, guys. You know, <laughs> oh, yo, stop talking. This is all trash. And Egwene's like, or, or Elaine's like, no, I mean, I think I found something here. <laughs> We're up to Braid Tug 19, by the way. In this chapter or the whole book? <laughs> In the whole book. Not just this chapter. I feel like Nynaeve just kind of sucks, and I don't understand why anyone hangs out with her. <laughs> she's she's taking the, the lead on this investigation. You're right. You're right. She's, right. she's pushing forward. She's made as much progress as anybody has. Uh, she's she jumped into it. She's not sitting around being thinking about how scared she is of the Black Aja. Or how in love she is. 
Uh, I think she thinks about that somewhat. Yeah, well, we don't hear about it, so that's fine. As much as we hear about it from Egwene And we get some weird stuff. So, Robert Jordan talks about breasts a decent amount. Like, women are constantly folding their arms beneath their breasts. We got that whole thing where we found out that long discussion about women's clothing, where it turned out that Nynaeve has huge Nynaeve's too busty, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's too busty to fit into other people's clothes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So, um... Elaine is frustrated, so she's crumpling up a bunch of papers that have information about these different Aes Sedai, and Nynaeve uh, knelt next to her and gently pried her hands from around the pages. She smoothed the pages carefully on her breast. Which was, so, like, she was taking crumpled up pieces of paper and putting them on her breast and, like, patting them down. <laughs> well, she's got, like, You a, should see Jeff okay. right now. He's getting real handsy. So, yeah, you, you have to picture Nynaeve's enormous breasts. <laughs> And she has like essentially a shelf. So think like, <laughs> right? She can't. There's. It's really awkward for her to put things on anything except her own breasts because <laughs> they're so big. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, picture like you know Laura Croft Tomb Raider kind of thing. Like she's got like the. I think she's got polygonal breasts. She's got like a, she's got like a what, flat. That's edge. what the graphics were like in the nineties. So yeah. She probably has those pyramidal. Yeah, she's got like breasts. flat edges on the top to smooth papers on. Nice. Okay. That's how the way I, I think it's probably. Uh, I mean, it's. I, I think this is breast in the. In a sense, just chest. She's just like flattening it. I mean, do you do that? I don't. I'm flatten not. Out papers. Wouldn't it make more sense to flatten papers on the floor where it's flat already, or on the table, or on the table? But mm-hmm. no, on her breasts. Yeah, I thought that was a little weird. I, I guess Elaine is probably storing her breasts on the table right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the table's occupied by Elaine's breasts. <laughs> <laughs> so they they're also going over the Terra Angriel list, which has a lot of. It turns out, Corian and Nadil. The last dreamer. The last dreamer that Viren did not give the queen the notes of. So it's all, yeah, it's all sleeping related stuff or dream world related stuff. The stuff they do know, right? Yeah, and I I was a little confused by the words in the actual description, but I think there were a bunch of Terangriel, but there were 13 dream related Terangriel. I, I, my impression is that there were actually 13 Terangriel. I wasn't entirely clear. Yeah, it, it's it's a little difficult <laughs> to interpret, but that was, that was the way I interpreted it. Is that but if, it, if it, over half <laughs> of them were... Last studied by Corianne and Nadal. Mm-hmm. Which, Which is a little strange. Yeah, that's, that's another name that keeps coming up. And that's the that's the one who Egwene's artifact was was from, right? She had written about it a bunch. Yeah. 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 The last, she's, Corianne and Nadal's the last one that studied that artifact. Right. So 13 again. Interesting. So Egwene, since they're sort of at the, at their wit's end, figuring things out about the list. And what Elaine figures out about the list is that there's no connection between any of the people. So those, these people seem to have been selected specifically because there was no connection. You know, Nynaeve says that, like, all this information is garbage, but, like, there's a lot of really useful information in here, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's, they have a lot to go on, you know? There's all these, like, details about their, their lives. All this information that, about the Tarangrail, there's obviously a pattern here, right? I mean, like... This is super useful. They are they already have figured out what these people are up to, essentially, if they put the pieces together, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But before any of them can use the Terangriel ring to dream with a capital D, Elsie shows up at their room. Definitely and, a dark friend. Like, 90%. And tells them where the Black Aja things are. And it says she's got a message from the Amarlin Seat, which seems very unlikely. Yeah, why, why on earth would the Amarlin Seat send Elsie of all people, right? right? Elsie can't even channel, right? Yeah, I was kind of wondering what she's doing there. We know why she's there, but... She's a novice, right? She's still a novice, yeah. Yeah. She's, she's training. Well, she only showed up because Tavaren, because Rand and Perrin crossed her path. And that's mm-hmm. why she ended up in Tarvalon, but, I mean, I guess she can channel? Yeah. Yeah? It is really weird that Elsie Grenwell is the one that showed up here. 
Yeah. 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 It's, it's very strange. But but it, the, the fact that she's in the tower, I think, is indic- indicative of the fact that she has, like, some hint of talent, even if she's not, you know, hasn't figured out how to use so, it. Even weirder, they start asking her questions and she runs away, sprints down the hallway, and disappears. Yeah, very strange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then... Yes, then, after Egwene chases her, she meets the most beautiful woman she's ever seen, with black hair and black eyes. You know, for a place that's supposed to be, like, the stronghold of Aes Sedai, Selene is, like, hanging out here an awful lot, right? I mean, mm-hmm. she's kind of made herself at home. It's, well, yeah. the thing is, they make the point that there's so many so much, so many fewer Aes Sedai than there were in the past, that there are large areas of Tar that are just empty. That's true. So true. They always just, like, say how there's... All these empty novice rooms. Yeah. And I would like to point out, remember how we were saying that there are no gay people in Robert Jordan, Robert Jordan's world? Mm. Uh, Egwene stopped in confusion. Whoever she was, this was certainly not Elsie. All in silver and white silk, she sparked feelings Egwene had never had before. Hello. Well, <laughs> hold on, though. What does it say immediately afterwards? She was taller, more beautiful by far, and the look in her black eyes made Egwene feel small, scrawny, and none too clean. It's jealousy. So it's just jealousy? It's just jealousy. Really? Yep, I know. I was pretty disappointed, too. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, she meets Celine, who does not name herself Celine, and Celine basically tells her to piss off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then vanishes herself. Spooky. It's chapter 26, Behind a Lock, with the icon of, what I'm going to call the icon of the Black Aja, those two faces. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Because Black Aja are (laughs) two-faced. Yeah, so Elsie is disappeared. Uh, Egwene can't find her. So they follow Elsie's tip and head to the library for the Black Aja stuff. Which is, uh, the library is, this description confused me a little bit too, but the library is outside the tower. It's in some other building. Yeah, it looks mm-hmm. like a crashing wave. Yeah, that's cool. cool. That is cool. Yeah. Made me think of the uh, Sydney Opera House. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they, they go in the back door of the... Library. I guess one of the sub-basements or something. Yeah, and they they get to the door, the door is chained, and they, like, magic it open. Yeah, this is, this is kind of an interesting interesting scene, because Egwene is, you know, as we learned previously when she was hanging out with the Shanshan, Egwene has uh, an affinity for metal, which is very unusual for a, a woman, because it's uh, the earth power, which is usually a, a male-associated power. Mm-hmm. But she's just, like, kind of fiddling with a lock, and when Anive... When I need a solution is to make like a giant ass magic crowbar. <laughs> Come on, I need. Yeah. And then like looks at the crowbar, looks at the chain, she's like, now nah, I'm going to need a bigger crowbar. It just gets bigger. <laughs> and then she, you know, then she uh, fails. Well, she, she breaks it really easily because apparently Egwene did something to it accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Egwene's been doing. so uncreative to me. I know. I know. Like, I was I'm like... going to make a crowbar. That's what I need. <laughs> she's practical. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, like, undoing the lock or something, I guess? Yeah, right? That seems more classy. That's what Moraine would have done. Yeah. But uh, Egwene also points out that, and this is slightly before, uh, she she's doing stuff that she doesn't know how to do, and then learning how to do it as Elaine learns it from her. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. The, there's the whole light thing, and then, like, like she she's able to, like, control it in a way that she's... Yeah. I wonder if that's her Manetherin blood. It could be, she yeah. She remembers stuff. Mm-hmm. She remembers old powers that... Yeah. You know, so in this room, they find a bunch of sacks with all the Black Aja's individual people's stuff in it. And they go through all the stuff, and it's all kind of junk, except every single one of them has something in there indicating Tyr. Yeah. The nation of Tyr. The city of Tyr. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, some a book about Tyr, or 
you know, uh, like some tickets to the train to Tyr or something. I forget what it was. But yeah. the train to it, it was a, a shipping thing that had all the ships yeah. that were going from Tarvalon to Tyr. Yeah. So everything has to be Tyr. And this whole th- time I was thinking like, oh, it's just like the Great Hunt. This is a, another trap, an incredibly obvious trap. But they realized it. Yeah. They were like, yeah, this is obvious that somebody set this up. Yeah. The, the fact that each person had one clue <laughs> about Tyr, <laughs> yeah. that's a little suspicious, right? Yeah, right. But how do you deal with something like that where you're like, this is probably a trap, but is it a trap? If it is a trap, then is it a trap that they know that we're going to think it's a trap? I mean, like, this, this convoluted logic is kind of hard. It's true. At least they're thinking it, though. No, I agree. I yeah. agree. I'm glad that they're thinking it. Yeah. I'm just not sure how I would deal with a situation like that. Finally, some sense. <clears throat> that's right. So, that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters 27 through 32 of The Dragon Reread. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Mike Sparkman. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews and wherever you got this. Please give us cold, hard American dollars on Patreon. <laughs> we right. now have a Patreon. That's right. Uh, please like us in real life. We're super likable. <laughs> Until next time, the, the light, light illuminates you. you.